God is. We need to know consistently who God is from his word. Because we need to be able to give an answer. Who has he told us that he is? That's the answer to the condemnation that we're experiencing. In Adam, Romans 5, 12 through 21, and the verses say this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ." Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is the world so messed up? That's the point of what we're talking about this morning. And here's the truth. It is every person breathing air this morning realizes and recognizes that something in this world is not right. Something is off. Things aren't really as they should be. You see pictures like this. This was um, 18 killed in car bombing, in a car bombing in Iraq. And Pictures like this kind of make us question. Say, well, in a perfect world, that wouldn't happen. Amen? We see pictures like this, which you're all too familiar with. And the towers came down. Now, we talked about 18 people a minute ago. Now we're talking about 2,996 people killed in the attack on the Twin Towers. And we look at stuff like this, and we're like, man, that, that shouldn't happen. Things like that should not take place. To go on further, just, just look at this next image. You see, these people were digging their own grave. This was under the reign of Joseph Stalin. 
750,000 moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, and children were killed under the Great Purge. Which, as I said in this, one of this week's uh, uh, pastor's thoughts, master's crib, pastor's thoughts, I'm confusing all these synonyms here. Homonyms, excuse me. Anyways, 750,000 was only a portion of the 1.2 million people that were slaughtered under the hand of Joseph Stalin. 1.2 million people. There are roughly 20 of us in here, 25. Imagine that for just a second. So we've just climbed from 18 to 3,000 to 750,000 people. And we see things like this, and we all realize something within our hearts stirs up and says, that's not right. And it's not just the believer that sees this. Unbelievers see the same thing we do. They read the same newspapers we do. They see the same headlines we do. And they all see this, and everyone has an ache for something better. Amen? This picture actually brings uh, kind of of a, a real weight upon us. This is an orphanage. An estimated 153 million children today live in the world as orphans. Now, just to put that into perspective for everyone, it's really kind of interesting when you compare all these numbers. There are 328.2 million people in the U.S. today. So compare those two numbers together. It means it's spread out all over the world. The population of orphans is equal to almost half the entire population in the U.S. There is no one that looks at that and says, that's right. That's good. That's the way things ought to be. No one. 61 million. 628,584 total abortions since 1973. In Haiti, just think about this for a second, we think of, uh, of all of the things that we've tried to do to fix issues. In Haiti, they eat an average of two meals a day, a very, very small, very, very light breakfast, probably a piece of fruit or, or a small piece of meat if they should have something. They eat one more meal a day, which is typically just after lunch, and it's typically something like a lot of carbohydrates, like they'll eat some rice or you know, they'll, they'll eat some beans. What that food is meant to do is to keep you alive. So we see issues like this, and the world is really not as it ought to be to most people's standards. You and I look at these things. We look at car bombings. We look at buildings being knocked down by airplanes. We look at orphans all over the place. Uh, We look at the gulag. We see all of these events in history, and all of us realize when we look at these things, it's not right. Amen? Not right. No one looks at these images and feels good about them. No one. There's not one person. I don't care if you take the person that has butchered men and women is sitting on death row and sees these images and instantly is like, yeah, that's right. No one. I'll tell you, I was in prison ministry for seven years. Even those guys that most people would consider to be the worst want to see the good guy win in the end of the movie. They want to see the guy get the girl just like you and I do. We all know that the world is not as it should be. We all recognize this. And the sad thing is, even though we recognize this, the question that we never ask, or that we ask to the wrong people, is what? It's why. Why do all of these things occur? Why is that? 
So we talked about this a few months ago now. Some people say, well, if there is a God, he's either mean or he's powerless. Either he wants to do this to people or he can do nothing to prevent it. We know, biblically speaking, that's not true. So then why? Well, look at what the verses say, because this is the most important thing you could take away today. When you look at all these pictures and you wonder and you see children starving and you see orphans all over the world and you say, why? Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, through one man, through how many men? One man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all because all sin, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. So we spoke about this a couple weeks ago. I want to just make sure I'm preaching good theology here. Adam was our federal head. He was a representative in um, uh, the fall of this year, you all and I are going to choose a representative for the United States, someone to represent us to the world, someone to make decisions. That is similar to a federal head. It's someone who makes decisions, and the people underneath him have to bear the consequences of that, be it good or bad. So without getting into the politics of it, Adam made a choice, and the entire Scope of humanity is feeling the weight of that this morning. Because before Adam ate the fruit, cancer didn't exist. Before Adam ate the fruit, um, there was not divorce. There was not abortion. None of these things existed. Adam represented us in that one choice. And the, the truth about this whole matter is if you don't understand this, you'll not be able to comprehend why things in this world are the way they are. Why is it that there's so much trouble, so much stress? Why is it that you work so hard and you never seem to get ahead? Why is it that you beat the ground, but all it brings forth for you are thorns and thistles? Because Adam was our federal head. He was our representative and our representative had two choices before him, and what did he choose? He chose death. If you eat of the fruit, of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Adam's wife was there by the snake, and the serpent said, you will not surely die, and she believed. You'll be like God, and she ate it. And Adam was standing there with her, who is the command given to? Adam or Eve? Adam. He could have at any point said, honey, come on, let's go. We don't need to talk to this snake anymore. There's a snake talking to us. For crying out loud, let's move on. Let's, let's move on from here. But he didn't. Adam took that fruit, and the moment the juice from that apple or whatever the fruit was ran down the back of his throat, everything changed. Everything. And that is why we are in the situation that we are in today. And I already see a typo here. <laughs> Humanity has tried to fix these problems. Or if you speak Jasonese, problems. <laughs> Humanity has tried to fix these things. How? How have we went about doing it? Well, we have lots of different ideas that we've tried to implement to try to fix the world. Because really, that's what we all want to do. We want to see the world fixed. So we've went after terrorism as a nation. 
And we continue to, even today, and no matter where you stand on the war on terror, no matter how you feel about it, um, what we wanted to accomplish was something very, very good. We wanted to end this not just for the United States, but for everyone, okay? So we went after it, and we continue to. To solve poverty, we implement social programs, and this is something that some people want more of, some people want less of, does not matter where you stand on that. The point is we're doing it. So we provide food, housing, childcare, and many other programs in the United States. Haiti gets two meals a day. And that's not provided by the government. That's out of your conscience what you provide for your household. That's whatever you can do. I remember when I was there seeing the women out gathering up the sticks so they could build a fire out back of their small hut so that they could cook for their children. They have a big pot of oil that they will just continue to cook and heat up all day long and add to as they need to so they can cook in it. This oil is not thrown out. It's not disposed of. It is used. And it's used again and again and again because you don't have money to just go buy more cooking oil. Now, we would think, oh, well, see, that's what happens when the government gets involved and tries to do all this. Well, Christians are just as bad. Christian missions also try to implement social programs. This makes me disgusted with missions. When I see a mission say, well, we're going to go over and we're going to develop a feeding program for people where we supplement their income. Like, no, don't bring the mess from the United States over um, to third world. Bring the gospel there. That's what we need. We don't need any of this garbage. So we bring these programs into third world countries in order to end poverty. And sadly, this kind of stuff is even happening in the church today in the United States. We're like, well, we'll provide for people, but we want to make sure we have a checklist. We want to make sure that we see what other benefits are getting first before we make sure we feed you. This is no different. So we as humanity, be it outside the church or inside the church, have tried to fix these problems. And you can all say a hearty amen with me. It isn't working, right? Because today there are riots happening. No matter where you stand on that, people are dying. And you all agree with me that that's wrong. That's horrible. What happened to that man was, was terrible, and that, that cop needs to be brought to swift justice under a jury of his peers, just as the Bible says, and as the Constitution says, and that is happening. And everything subsequent is also what's wrong with this world. Everything. Every time someone else dies because of this, it's not helping. So, it is a good thing to help the helpless. Amen? It's a good thing. And to provide for those who cannot provide for themselves. But the truth is, it's not treating the problem. All right? So this fire that's going on right now, it's too big to be put out with a bucket. This guy thought he could extinguish his house fire by getting buckets of water from his neighbor's house. Didn't work. Lost everything. And I put up this picture because this is what we try to do with all these programs. We're like, oh, well, we can fix it. We'll just do this. We're not getting to the root of the problem. As soon as we get to the root, we'll start seeing real change. You ever wonder why no matter how much effort we put forward, no matter how much effort we throw at these things, the progress is so minimal, and it seems like we then take a step back? We thought stuff would be better. This is supposed to make everything better. But even if it does in some small way for a little while, we lose that. We lose that progress. Why is that? Because, here's the truth, there's always another arson waiting around the corner. There's always another act of terror. There's always some other terrorist 
We think because we got the chief guy, there's not, there's not someone lined up to take his place. We all know that's not true. There's someone else to take his place. That doesn't end it. It does not end it. There's always another act of terror. There's always another child being abandoned. And it isn't an if. It's a when. So what is the answer? This passage speaks clearly to the answer to our problem. Not just to the problem in the United States. Not just the problem that the church implements to fix problems in the United States and elsewhere. There's one solution. One solution alone. I cannot get this... I can't drive this home well enough. I just don't feel like I can. There's one solution. It seems like if I was screaming at the top of my lungs from the top of the building, there's one solution. This is where we need to have all of our attention focused this morning. Romans 5, 15 through 17. But the free gift, the free gift. Everyone likes free stuff, right? Everyone wants free stuff. There are people out there right now that are demanding free stuff. Free stuff, free stuff. Doesn't everyone like free stuff? Give me an amen. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For though if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. See, the answer is not in programs, and it's not even in church programs, and that's something else that we mess up on. Maybe we just need to have more Bible studies. Yeah, we need to have Bible studies. The church needs to gather and study the Bible. If we are lacking anything as the church in 2020, it's not enough time in the Word of God. Amen? Because we're busy. Because we're too busy to read God's Word. We have all kinds of things going on. I have this, and I have that, and uh, the, the the TiVo's not working, and I, I can't record these things. You know, we have all these things that are taking up our time. We have the phone ringing constantly, text messages coming, you know, constantly, emails coming constantly. We have so many things that are vying for our time. We ignore what the actual problem is and what the actual solution is. We need to get into God's word. We need to be, be on this thing. We can't just let this set aside. We as Christians need to be about the word of God. And we have to know what God's word says about how to fix these things. Look at Romans 5, 18 through 21. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, what we are experiencing today is condemnation for all men. People dying unlawfully, without natural cause, that's part of our condemnation. That's because we live in a sinful world full of sinful people that are doing sinful things for worshiping themselves. Because they want their agenda to be heard, they want their person to be in charge, they want their ideas to be the best ideas. We as the church say, we got to, listen, this book here, this has to be the best idea. The best idea. So that means in passages that are really tough where people are like, well, God's a moral monster. We need to look at those passages and figure out what they're saying. Because if God is consistent as he said he is, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then obviously he's not just going to shift. He's not going to move the post in the middle of the game. Amen? That's not who God is. We need to know consistently who God is from his word. Because we need to be able to give an answer. Who has he told us that he is? 
That's the answer to the condemnation that we're experiencing. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. All humanity can experience this justification. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The problem with humanity is a three-letter word. What is it, everybody? Sin. It's sin. It's because I want my way and you want your way. It's because I want what I want and you want what you want. And the world that we're told exists and doesn't is I can have what I want and you can have what you want and it won't step on anybody around us. And that's just not true. It's not true. Our hearts, Scripture tells us, are wicked apart from the works of Christ. So what's the solution then? How do we stop seeing the Twin Towers knocked down? You know, so we stop seeing buildings knocked over by terrorists. We stop seeing car bombings. Like, what is the honest solution to this? Well, we know that our hearts are wicked. Scripture tells us that we're depraved. And apart from the work of Christ, our hearts are wicked. So what do we need? Well, Ezekiel tells us about the promise. Yes, that obscure book that most people don't look at. And I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. So listen, this isn't saying you need to do something to renew your heart. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this is going to be work of Christ. Christ is going to be the one to renew our hearts. It's not something we just try really hard and then we get it. A new spirit I will put within them. You can't change your spirit I can't change my spirit. He says, I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. There's one solution. People say, oh, you Christians just want a theocracy. You're right, I do. You're right, I do. I want a Christian nation. I do. I want a nation where we recognize the rules of Scripture for all that they've been laid out for us as truth and as the best possible way to live life. And I and you with me want our neighbors and the next generation to have the best possible world without bombings, without murder, without orphans. And this comes one soul at a time. It's not a work of you, not a work of me, it's a work of Christ. As he removes the heart of stone from those around us and gives them a heart of flesh. Just look at what it says here. It says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, look at this, don't miss this, grace abounded. Grace abounded. What abounded? Grace. All the more. 
wait a minute. You're trying to tell me with all the sin in the world, there's more grace than that? What's it say? It says, where, where sin increased, what's it say? Grace abounded all the more. That is amazing. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness. What do we need, everybody? What do we need? We need grace. We need grace. We need grace to rule through righteousness. So we're not talking about the smushy grace. I hate smushy grace. I hate when people do something really, really awful and you're like, oh, but they're trying hard. That's smushy grace. Smushy grace through righteousness. A repentant heart that says, yes, I messed up. Yes, I I did this and I am sorry and I repent and I'm turning from this and I'm not going to do it again. And then we're like, oh, hallelujah. That's real grace right there. I can extend real grace to this person through righteousness because what they did, they recognized they're changing this thing. This is a smushy grace. We hate smushy grace. Amen? Smushy grace stinks. The only solution is Christ. The only solution. Nothing else. You know, what's happened in the church over the past 20 years is really sad because we have come to the conclusion that what we need is for someone to build us up, make us feel really good, pat us on the back and say, and Jesus loves you for it. That's not what we need. That's not what I need. I need, at times, for Christ to heal my broken wounds. And that's what you need too. He binds up the broken heart. We need him to do that. And there are other times where we need him to break us. Where we need him to grab us by the sides of our heads and look at us in the eyes just like a child and say, this is wrong and I'm going to fix it. I am going to redeem that too. Understand, everyone, in the grand scheme of life as we know it, the Twin Towers goes down in history as a tragedy. That car bombing that affected families of 18 people goes down as a tragedy. And within all of those things, as hard as it is for us to wrap our heads around, we're going to see the glory of God. I promise you, I guarantee you. When Joseph was sold into slavery, his brothers were worried, oh, no, now dad's dead, he's going to come kill us. He said, what well, you meant for evil, we say God meant for what? God is going to get glory through even this 